Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Anybody else have? See, good news is testimony, right? Saying God is good, he's taking care of me, he always has, he always will. This is what he's doing in my life. That's all good news is, is testimony time. Anybody else good news? I can still hear that my voice is still clearing up after our episode. I, y- y'all know what I mean. This, it's our inside joke. Ha ha. Anybody else? <coughs> so <we're laughs> the, the fellowship of the Covidia. <laughs> told him, I told him at Bible study last night, I said, man, it's like the fellowship of the ring here. Wow. Anybody else have good news tonight? Do y'all have any good news? All right. All right. I know you do, but you're shy and you're beautiful because you're shy. Let's go to Acts chapter 15, verse 32. Faithful God that we serve. We're reading about the Acts of the Apostles. We're doing verse by verse, chapter by chapter. In Acts, we've been in Acts for a while now. I don't know how many months it's been, but we're getting through the book of Acts, and there's so much in there. I want to start with Acts 15, 32 tonight. Um, we, We actually... Let's see. Yep, that's right around where we finished last week, so we're good. Let's do that. Then Judas and Silas, both being prophets, spoke at length to the believers. At length. There's always a joke among preachers and pastors about who's long-winded, who's not. Growing up, my dad was like, I'm not long-winded. I was like, Dad, you went an hour. (laughs) You know, what are we talking about? What is long-winded, right? So, um, believe it or not, I, I am a big talker in person, but when it comes to church services, I get tired of hearing myself talking, so I like to keep my messages usually to 30, 30 40 minutes. But why? To respect the attention span of folks. Some folks can handle more time than others. Others are passing out. You know, Scripture says at one point that Paul went long with his message and a kid fell asleep and fell out the window and died. What? Broke... Must have busted his head and broke his neck. Paul said, don't worry, his life is still in him. No, he's okay. I'm going to keep preaching, you know, I, I guess. Healed him and said, come on, man, don't sit in the windowsill. You get tired, just sit down, take a nap. We're just going. And Paul was saying goodbye to the believers. He went late at night preaching, Scripture says. So Judas and Silas, both being prophets, spoke at length to the believers. I bet it was very detailed, very good. I would like to know what they said. Encouraging and strengthening their faith. Let me ask you tonight, what encourages and strengthens your faith? I love interactive stuff. Y'all know that. I love interacting with a group of people. What encourages and strengthens your faith? Yes, ma'am. That's a good answer. Are, are you, your allowance may have gone up 12% officially tonight. <laughs> Mom's like, your mom encourages and strengthens your faith. That's good. Other people. I like that. Those are cute glasses, Mika, by the way. Yes, ma'am. Hearing testimony. That's what I love about good news. I, re- I remember I started that years ago. It was probably 2003, and I would minister at the juvenile detention facility in Lo- Lovington. And I would start off my Bible studies weekly with, does anyone have any good news? And you know how it is in juvie. Good news is, hey, sir. Yeah, man, I'm getting a hearing next week, man. It's crazy. It's crazy. I don't think none of these charges are going to stick, sir. You know what I'm saying? But it was good. I said, hey, praise God, man. We're going to pray about that, and you're going to get out of here and live right. You know what I'm saying? 
testimony is good news. That, that encourages and strengthens our faith. What else? What else encourages and strengthens your faith personally? I would love to hear about it. And so would those on the live stream. Anybody else? Yes, ma'am. Connect group. You like going to connect group. Connect group is our version of some call them small groups, some call them cell groups. It's just a small group. Why is small group important? A lot of people will open up a lot more in a smaller group. Most of the folks answering tonight would not answer on a Sunday morning like that, right? And I don't usually ask the crowd for stuff on Sunday morning because you never know what you're going to get. Because <laughs> there's a lot more people in there. I've had people go, I want to give God all the glory and honor. Man, I'm almost dead. I'm almost dying. I mean, I don't know how I'm going to make it. You know what I'm saying? You go, wow, wait, hold on. Shh, shh, that's not a, I don't know. If, is that a testimony? Hold on. Hold on. That's sad, right? So anybody else? What encourages and strengthens your faith? Sis said, connect group, our version of small groups here at this church. If you're not in a connect group, become part of one soon. You need it. it man, I, I knew a lot of folks during COVID, guys in my group, that they were coming going, man, we got to meet. We got to meet. We got to get together. This is crazy. We're not allowed to do this or that, but we want to get together and share our, our faith Let's share our faith together. Let's worship God together. And they were saying, don't meet. Well, we, we met. We were real big lawbreakers. Wow. Meeting for a small group. Anybody else? What encourages and strengthens your faith? Anybody? Yes, ma'am. Reading your Bible helps you. You've, uh, can I share some of your testimony? Ms. Norma, her husband went to be with the Lord, and he, he, he came to a real relationship with God, I believe. He went to be with the Lord last October, didn't he? And, um, We've talked about grief because I lost my mom a few years ago and Ms. Norma's lost her husband. And so she's talked about how she's just encouraged herself in the Lord. And reading her Bible is one of the ways she does it. That's, that's good. I love reading the Word. I love listening to the Word. What else encourages and strengthens your faith? Yes, ma'am. Your time with God. Talking to Him. Communicating. Ongoing communication and worshiping Him. Great answers. Yes, sir. Someone else's walk with God and their testimony. How, I want to add to that, and I think I know what you mean, and this is going to be a shade of meaning on that, encouraging and strengthening your faith. When you see someone as an example. I've been thinking lately, you know what encourages and strengthens my faith? And not everybody had this. Not everybody had this, but this is my personal life, my personal testimony. Everybody's is different. My dad taught me to do a lot of stuff. I didn't. I thought about it. I went, Dad taught me to play chess. Dad taught me to play basketball. Man, it was years before I ever beat him. He, Dad was one of those guys, he's so competitive, he wouldn't even let me beat him. <laughs> basketball. He'd get out in his boots and kick my tail. One day he sprained his ankles playing in boots. Yeah, cowboy boots, playing basketball. He didn't own any tennis shoes at that time, I guess. But that, that encourages and strengthens my faith to think, man, my, who taught me to pray? Mom and Dad. Who taught, who's taught me extensively about get in the Word, get in the Word? My dad. That strengthens and encourages my faith. That's part of my spiritual legacy. It's part of yours. Because dad and mom, as the founders of this church, they've taught us a lot. And what I take to my small group, what I bring on a Wednesday night or a Sunday morning, much of that is what I learned from them. Lately, I've been really reminiscing even about my granddad, my mom's side, Grandpa Treadwell. I've been bringing him up lately. A legacy of faith. A legacy of the Word. I was telling the, the Bible study last night, some of y'all are 
You're not going to wreck. You're going to go, what? Others are going to go, I remember that. Does anyone remember Reel to Reel? You remember those? They're about that big. They're like big cassettes. Most of y'all, the younger ones don't even remember cassettes. It's, you don't, do you know what a cassette is? Isn't that crazy? <laughs> do you know what a landline is? Isn't that great? How about a CD? Okay, all right. All right, we had those in the 90s too. Okay, we got, we got some commonality. But Grandpa would lay down and say, he said, I'm going to meditate on the Word. I'm going to listen to the Word. And he would listen to the Bible on reel to reel, and it was like this big. And it had a little, looked like those old film projector film things. And it, it, would, it would play, and it would go through here, and it would come around over here. It's crazy. That in, I, I've been, just been having memories about Grandpa and going, wow, that encouraged and strengthened my faith. What else encourages and strengthens your faith? Anybody else? Have I? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Praise God. Let me repeat some of this before we... She said, my pastor's believing in me when I didn't believe in myself, or she said, other spiritual leaders believing in me. Wow. Praise God. That, it helped me when my parents believed in me. I think, I think my dad, you know, testified on Sunday, dad wanted to restrict me at times, right? That's his version of grounding. But I remember my mom... That, if I, if I end up being half as good as my wife, my mom, and my mother-in-law think that I am, I'm going to be the man. You know, I'm just going, man, y'all just believe in me when I'm, I'm ready to go. Man, this is crazy. I'm struggling. Man, my mom was that way. She'd say, baby, no, you're a man of God. And she'd give me visions and different stuff sometimes. And some of them were very corrective. I won't go into all that right now. <laughs> Somewhere, and it was crazy. And you knew it was from God. It, it would bear witness with me, but she'd go, I see this going on. I, had, I saw this, and what does that mean to you? That was, her, that was her brilliant way of pulling the pin on the grenade and rolling it in the bunker. <laughs> what does that mean to you? And I'm like, is that a trick question? But somehow it would always encourage and strengthen my faith to receive a corrective word, but also a word of encouragement going, this is odd, but God's working in you, and you've got to obey him in that area. Anybody else? Before we move on, I'm in a vein here. Encouraging and strengthening your faith. Yes, sir, Dad. Dad, I got it. Can I? Can you? That's going to be easier. Go ahead. I was just saying, I, I have an unusual desire to go to heaven. I just look forward to it. I just can't wait to be with Jesus. And when I get with somebody who has a real strong revelation of heaven, Maybe having been there, I talked to a guy one time that actually has been there. He's dead, dead as a doornail, they said, on the, in the hospital. You talk to that guy, and he's been there, and he's seen Jesus. He talks to Jesus, and then the Lord told him to come back and finish his, his life here. That just encourages me. Like, I'm going there. I'm going to meet Jesus, the same Jesus that you talked to when you died. Those kind of things, that encourages me. So those of you who don't know, I call him Big Dad. That's Dad Brown. That's my Jen's dad and mom that are with us tonight, by the way. If you didn't know that, that's Jen's parents right over there. But that is very encouraging to me, too. People who have died and gone to heaven and came back. 
Very powerful. Anything else? What encourages and strengthens your faith? Think about it. One more. Personal word from God. Powerful answer. Jen just said, mine is a personal word from God when I'm reading the word or worshiping. And it's a personal word directed to me. And she said, it holds me over for a while. You ever been there and needed that? Mm-hmm. Say, wow. That, my dad's always said, one word from God can change everything. One word. One word. Had that the other day. We've been going through a, a little trial with something. And God, I, I just felt it impressed. God said, don't worry about it. I will take care of you. I will let no harm come to you. And I'm like, I feel harmed already, Lord. <laughs> you know, I'm so sick of this situation. And the Lord said, no, no harm's going to come to you. Don't worry about it. I felt peace. I said, okay. And the next day I had to struggle with it again. And then I was reminded of the word and said, okay, I felt peace again. Y'all know how it is. You have to remind yourself of the word. Scripture says, King David at one point, this is, this is a little different tonight, but let's just go with the flow of the spirit. King David at one point, He'd gone back to a place he was staying before he became official king of Israel. It was called Ziklag. When he was coming back with his mighty men, they saw that the city was going up in smoke. Their wives and their children had been carried away by the enemy. And David, the fearless leader who had taken in guys who owed money, who were ex-criminals, the guy who accepted people as they were, a very Christ-like type figure, accepted all these folks that Man, they, they were struggling. All of a sudden, all the folks who had received this, this amazing uh, team invitation were part of King David's team. They looked at him, and they, there was talk, Scripture says, of stoning him. They started to blame. People, when they go through something, start to blame somebody, don't they? Well, I'm here because of, no, you, you chose to be there. You relax. You trust God. Scripture says at that dark moment of David's life, he's been chased down for years by King Saul. Think of this. He was living in another place, another country, and their wives and children came up missing. They were kidnapped, and the city was burned to the ground. And Scripture says David encouraged himself in the Lord. you got to encourage yourself in the Lord. Sometimes you say, man, there's nobody around to encourage me. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Call someone for prayer if you need to, but at some point, you're going to be alone with God, worshiping, seeking Him, by yourself, for yourself, and you need to encourage yourself in the Lord like King David did. Look at this. They spoke at length to the believers, encouraging and strengthening their faith. You may not always have the one you want with you in that moment when you're struggling, and God knows. He says, look, you got it. Speak to me. I'm right here. I can feel, I can feel and hear the Spirit of God saying that to somebody tonight. I'm with you always. Call on my name and I will answer. Call on me. I haven't forgotten. Man, if the IRS knows how to find you or them school loan people, some of y'all been trying to avoid them school loans, you, you better work that out, right? If they can find you, God can find you. <laughs> Somebody, I like this. This is a true story. Someone wrote a letter to the IRS and said, please remove my name from your mailing list. I don't think it worked. 
this is off the subject, but I just got to say it. Somebody stood in front of a judge, also a true story. I read it in the newspaper article or something probably 30 years ago. And the person told the judge, they said, as God is my witness, no, as God is my judge, I don't know this. The judge said, he's not, I am, and you do. So just food for thought. Be encouraged and strengthened in your faith tonight, even if you gotta, you got to do it, go it on your own sometimes, listen to the word, listen to a teaching, get into the word. Let's go on to the next verse. They stayed for a while, and then the believers excuse me, sent them back to the church in Jerusalem with a blessing of peace. That's good. Paul and Barnabas stayed in Antioch, they and many others. Does anyone remember Antioch? That is the place where we were first called Christians. That's a cool place. I'll never forget we were at an Assembly of God church in Española, New Mexico. I went to Sunday school, and they taught us that one morning. I think it was in 1982 or 83. I'll never forget that. They said, Antioch is the place we were first called Christians. That's part of your spiritual legacy. They and many others taught and preached the word of the Lord there. That's good news. After some time, Paul said to Barnabas, let's go back and visit each city where we previously preached the word of the Lord to see how the what? The new believers are doing. you got to follow up. You can only expect what you inspect. Barnabas agreed and wanted to take along John Mark. Get ready for this one. Y'all ready? Three, two, one. But Paul disagreed strongly. I bet he was very opinionated. Paul disagreed strongly since John Mark had deserted them in Pamphylia. That's a strong word. And had not continued with them in their work. So he'd left the work at one point. Who knows what he was struggling with? Then he says, I'm ready to come back and serve. Right? I'm just telling you the facts. I'm not giving you an opinion on it. This is just what the Word says. Their disagreement was so sharp that they separated. Barnabas took John Mark with him and sailed for Cyprus. So Paul and Barnabas had a disagreement over John Mark. Okay? Paul chose Silas, and as he left, the believers entrusted him to the Lord's gracious care. Then he traveled throughout Syria and Cilicia, strengthening, once again, strengthening and encouraging, right? Strengthening the churches there. Paul went first to Derby and then to Lystra, where there was a young disciple named Timothy. Ever heard of him? He is such an honorary member of the early church that two books were written to him, two letters, two epistles. You can read those two books later on, First and Second Timothy. He, was, he wound up being the pastor at the church of, does anyone remember? Ephesus, I believe. Very powerful uh, first century church. Um, Timothy is an interesting story. So there was a young disciple named Timothy. His mother was a Jewish believer, but his father was a Greek. <laughs> this is very fascinating. Timothy was well thought of by the believers in Lystra and Iconium. So Paul wanted him to join them on their journey. Look at this. This is a truly unique fact. In deference to the Jews of the area, to avoid any problems, disagreements, discussions, Paul arranged for Timothy to be circumcised before they left. For everyone knew that his father was a Greek. Paul knew, look, if this, guy, if this kid is going to minister to Jews, a lot of the folks are going to go, look, he's half Jew. His dad's a Greek, so his dad is or was a pagan. And Paul said, look, at least to conform somewhat, we're going to have him circumcised, okay? So, 
because everyone knew that his father was a Greek. Then they went from town to town, instructing the believers to follow the decisions made by the apostles and elders in Jerusalem. So the churches were, here we go again. It says, it says this several times within the last few chapters. The churches were strengthened in their faith and grew larger every day. Scripture says without faith it's impossible to please God. You must believe that He is, that He exists, that He's all-powerful, and that He rewards those who diligently seek Him. Okay? So you've got to believe. Scripture talks about it over and over again in Acts. They heard the word and they what? Believed. Very important to God, very important for your spiritual walk. Believe, believe, believe. How do you build up your faith? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Tonight, you're choosing to grow your faith by hearing the word directly from the source. Let's go. Next, Paul and Silas traveled through the area of Phrygia. What a name. There may be a spelling test later. Phrygia and Galatia. Because the Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia at that time. Then coming to the borders of Mysia, they headed north for the province of Bithynia. But again, the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. Whoever says God is not a God of boundaries, how do you get around that verse? God has boundaries. God has limitations. God has a will. Someone say God has a perfect will. Did you know the right thing at the wrong time is the wrong thing? You've heard our story for years, man. But I first met Jen. God had already spoken to me. The month before I met Jen, maybe six weeks before I met her, the Lord had told me after my baby sister mentioned to me, hey, I want you to meet my, my new friend Jennifer. Met her on the mission trip to Peru. Elaine had never encouraged me to meet any girl, ever. Never. She would even tell me about her friends growing up. She's all, I think she likes you. Stay away from her. Don't get caught up in her. Ignore all that nonsense. Get away from Please. Elaine was always good that way. She'd say, don't, don't mess. Well, I had called her from Austria. I was on a mission trip, about a two-month-long mission trip in Austria, in the heart of Europe. My, my baby sister said, um, I met someone. She's, she, we're friends. We're close. And I want you to meet her. And I think she just told me several things. And I, it was weird. I'd never asked a question like this. And we were talking, and she said, she's amazing. She loves God. She's a missionary. And I said, that's incredible. And look at my question. I go, how tall is she? Is that a dumb question? I don't even know why I asked that. It was like, God. And Jen, Elaine goes, you know, come to think of it, I think she's your height. I think she's probably about 5'10". I went, wow, that's cool. So we hung up. I was alone at the time, my host family having come to America for a conference that they had pre-planned probably a year before. I was actually dog-sitting in Austria doing Bible studies in a little town, pastoring a little local home church, basically, taking care of a dog named Trixie. I don't know where you get that name in the Germanic language, but her name was Trixie. I laid down that night, and I fasted dinner, and God said, that girl, Jennifer, that Elaine mentioned to you, she will be your wife. I still remember the way the room looked, and I went, are you sure? <laughs> you know? I've never, and God said, no, I will bring her to your mom's house. She'll come to your mom's house, and you're going to meet her, and she'll be your wife. I'm glad I wasn't a fool later and didn't meet her and go, hey, thus saith the Lord, girl. 
because that always turns Christian girls off. God already told me, girl. And she's like, I don't know you, sucker. You know, punk. I don't know you. I'm glad I, man, I'm glad I had a little baby bit of game. I said all that to say this. The right thing at the wrong time is the wrong thing. When I met Jen, I was not ready to ask her to marry me. I wasn't ready to be a husband yet. But at some point in the future, after that, I was. We've been married now 15 years. Praise God. And once again, I just got to say this for the record. Let it be known. I'm glad I didn't go, hey, girl, God told me you're the one. No, we, we worked it out different ways. And part of our story is this. Once again, keep in mind, the right thing at the wrong time is what? It can be the wrong thing. I'll never forget January of 2003, before I headed back to Europe for the final time, that I was going to do mission work there. I was going to go on another two-month trip. I was at somebody's house. My hair was thinning bad. It wasn't, it wasn't good. It was, no, it wasn't good. And I, didn't, I don't think I realized how bad it was. I knew it was bad, but I was in denial, and someone showed me a mirror, and they said, hey, let's cut your hair. And I go, why don't you just fade it? Like, fade it on a one. Let's just get it real short and see how it goes. And the guy did it, and he didn't do a good job. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I look like a weirdo. And he goes, no, you know what? He goes, come on, man. So I got down on my knees, and before I could change my mind, I go, I go, do it. I go, do it. Before I change my mind, he put that thing on a zero and went, shaved a stripe down the middle of my head. And he goes, dude, you're going to look bad, bald. At that point, I was encouraged in the Lord. I said, take it off. Ironically, they were watching a barbershop movie in the other room. So we went out there. And all I cared about, God knows, all I cared about, Jen was there that night. All I cared about was if Jen and Elaine would approve. I didn't care if anybody else did. Jen told somebody, that looks kind of good. I, I heard about it, and I said, okay, we're okay. We're okay. I know, I know the man of her dreams. She was probably not imagining me on a white horse, horse in her, you know, when she was a kid going, Lord, someday I'm going to marry a bald guy. Looked like Telly Savalas, you know. Looked like, you remember Yul Brenner? Oh, yeah, I just want a bald guy. He, aerodynamic, you know. I'm sure she didn't. But she was okay with it, so praise God. And you know what else I did that night? You're getting to know me. This will encourage your faith <laughs> and make you laugh maybe a little bit. That night we had a school board meeting for the academy, and I showed up having not warned my, warned my parents or anyone else. I showed up bald. <laughs> Dad goes. That was his response. I walked out. I go, Dad, I just... I'm going to do something different. Dad goes, what? <laughs> then I walked up to mom. I go, mom? And she knew something was up. She goes, yeah, babe? She walked around the corner and goes, <gasps> and then she goes, I don't know how you have such a nice head. You hit your head so much as a baby. <laughs> she went, babe, it kind of, she looked at me and she's figuring it out. She goes, that kind of softens your look. Or, what are you going to do? I said, I'm you know, my, my thing was, uh, let's see if it grows back better. It ain't, ain't going to grow back better. But anyway, right thing at the wrong time is the wrong thing. I was testifying about several things there. Let's wrap this up. But again, the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. I know I got off the subject, but I love y'all. Y'all are part of my family. I want you to know who's feeding you, those listening on the live stream. That's why I interject stuff about my life, so you know who's feeding you. The more you know... In the Lord, the good things, sometimes it's the good, the bad, and the ugly. I like being open with you, but I believe it can build your faith as I testify and just be real with you. Okay? Let's go on to the next verse. 
So they, instead, they went on through Mysia to the seaport of Troas. We're about to be done tonight. That night, Paul had a vision. Oh, man, this used to remind me of the missionary journeys we took into uh, Europe once again because people would call us and email us for help, man. A man from Macedonia in northern Greece was standing there pleading with him, come over to Macedonia and what? And help us. Isn't that powerful? God is calling you to help someone right now. Did you know that? You say, man, does it have to be in Europe? How about Africa or Asia? Or No, you got folks in your backyard, neighbors that need to hear what you got to say about the Lord. We're going to have a series next month about sharing your faith, and we're going to get into that and enjoy it together. That'll be in November. Let's pray together. Let's go ahead and wrap it up right there for tonight. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your word. Lord, I think I have more fun than anybody in here just sharing my faith, my testimony, my life, being an open book so that you can be glorified, Father. I plead the blood of Jesus once again over everyone in this house, those they represent, those listening to the sound of my voice, wherever you are, live stream, the podcast, SoundCloud, YouTube. May the Lord bless you and protect you, smile upon you and be gracious to you, give you of his favor and of his perfect peace. May his words comfort you. May he reveal himself to you in his word and in dreams and visions through words that line up with his word. Thank you, Father, because you are the just one, the all-wise, perfectly faithful, perfectly good God, the God of love, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of whatever your name is. Whoever you are, he is your God. He's your personal God once you've accepted Jesus. Would you pray this prayer with me? I'm not even going to ask for a show of hands. This is for those I just feel led to go right into it. For anyone in the house or those listening to this message later, this is important that you make Jesus your Lord and Savior. Everyone in the house, repeat this prayer. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus died and rose again for me and my sin to save me from hell and from myself. Cleanse me, Lord. You are my God. Jesus, you are my Lord and Savior. I confess and I believe in Jesus' name. That's how you receive the Lord. Now receive this blessing. Father, once again, may we flourish where we're planted. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish, but we've got to be planted, not transplanted over and over again. We've got to be faithful. We'll talk more about that this Sunday. But Lord, talk to your people about faithfulness. Talk to your people about integrity. Lord, you talk to your people about getting into the Word. Only you can do it the best way possible. We trust you, God. I thank you for your people tonight and the faithful gathered on the live stream and in this house. I thank you that they're your people. They're the sheep of your flock. And here's what the Lord would say to you. Do not fear, for it is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Thank you. An unshakable kingdom, Lord. We thank you for your word tonight and your goodness. We believe. Someone say, I believe. In Jesus' name.